following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Yeah, welcome to another episode of Get Paid, your one-stop shop for all things fantasy, gambling, and daily fantasy. We are proud partners of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. We are also on Podcast One, again, through that Underdog Partnership, which we are very grateful for. I just want to remind uh, listeners out there, if you're returning, thank you so much for uh, for coming back and continuing to listen to us. Um, and then uh, new listeners, you know, what we do is we just kind of go through the games and we give you the projections for, uh, you know, not only against the spread, but we're giving you uh, the NFL projections for Daily Fantasy as as well uh, if you could scroll down and give us a review that stuff really does help us out and also you know I do push um, all I push all rankings to reddit you know all of the uh, the projections and scores so if you go to reddit.com you don't need a you don't even need like a username or anything like that if you just go to reddit and search for get paid podcast uh, all those rankings will be there but that's enough of that you are listening to Sean and Brad Brad what's going on man Good morning, Sean. How are you? I'm well, man. I'm well rested. We had the the long uh, Thanksgiving holiday. Um, you and I once again um, were profitable for our listeners that took our advice. We are on a crazy hot streak. I think it's something like six or seven weeks in a row um, where we're in profitability. Um, you, Brad, have not. I got to say, you've been pretty consistent. You've either had good weeks or or um, you know average weeks, but you really haven't. I think you had maybe one bad week all season, and we're into week thirteen now. So that's pretty. That's pretty good, man. And then yeah, um, not bad. Yeah, I had um, as as our listeners know, I had a, a rough, I think you know, first couple of weeks of the season. But you know, I do a lot of projections and analytics, and those things take three to four weeks to get rolling. So I, I you know, I haven't run the numbers yet, um, but I only really you know personally gamble on uh, on games starting from week four and forward. So I'd be curious. I, I'll go back and run the numbers when I have some more time. Maybe even after the season, I'll do like a kind of a, a season review of how we did and when we did it. And, um, you know, I'd be curious to see, you know, where those go. I know my locks are doing really well. Um, so, you know, we'll see where that goes. But, you know, Brad, we have a we are back to a full slate of games. So all teams are going to be in action this week, which is nice. Um, so I say we just dig right in, man. How do you feel? Let's giddy up. Let's giddy up. So uh, first game of the week is a Thursday game, which I usually stay away from Thursday games uh, because I don't like the short week. But both of these uh, teams played last Thursday on Thanksgiving. So uh, this game is in play for me. So, Brad, we have New Orleans minus 7.5 at Dallas. What do you think? At my Thanksgiving soiree, I was about eight Coronas deep, and I was <laughs> chilling with a mate. And he was talking about how New Orleans was, was going to destroy Atlanta. And I was like, man, they can't beat the crap out of everybody every week. Right. Well, apparently I was dead wrong. So <laughs> there is not a bone in my body that's going to get me to bet against New Orleans from this point forward. I am taking them to cover and uh, cover quite gracefully. So I'm 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 with you on this one. So um, you know they're going to be playing in Dallas. That's um, I guess it's not officially a dome. I think they still have that cut. I can't even remember honestly. Jerry's World over there in Dallas, but it is an indoor stadium. Um, they do have full rest, just like Dallas does. Dallas, along with teams like Pittsburgh, um, the Boston Celtics, the LA Lakers, uh, Chicago Cubs, like all of these really popular teams uh, with fan bases that travel throughout the country, they tend to be overrated a little bit in terms of um, Vegas because teams like, you know, people like to bet on their team. So this line to me should probably be like nine and a half. Like I know Dallas is a lot better. Believe me, I know because I watched them very carefully and very closely. Uh, Since Amari Cooper's gotten there, they're a lot better. 
but this is New Orleans, man. They're shutting down the run. Dallas needs the run to uh, to score. I just don't see how this Dallas offense, as good as their defense is, I don't see how this offense can keep up with the New Orleans offense. So I'm going to take New Orleans. I don't like that half point over the touchdown, as you and I talk about week to week. But, man, New Orleans, until they until they show any sign of vulnerability, right. uh, and they're healthy right now. Traquan Smith, I think, is their only skilled player at this point. That's out. The receivers in the receiver injuries of recent or as of as of late have not really affected this New Orleans team. So I'm with you, man. I'm going to take New Orleans, and I'm going to and take- look, Sean. You know, regardless of Amari Cooper, he's good, right? There's no doubt about that. But right. <clears throat> do you think Dallas could compete in a shootout type game? I don't see that happening at no all. No way. You know, so I, I see turnovers and chaos happening for them if they get down by 10, 14, You know, in the first quarter, I think it could get real ugly for them real quick. Yeah, and you know it goes back to that what we talked about during the season previews, um, um, like last year when we were talking about Chicago's, and I think we talked a little bit about this even last week when we were talking about Chicago, Detroit. You know these these coaches, and I'm talking specifically about John Fox last year in Chicago. These coaches that um, are defensive minded and try to win games, you know, thirteen to ten or whatever. You know, I just always favor the more aggressive team, and in this case, New Orleans's offense is just so much better than Dallas's offense. So you know in a close game, New Orleans is always going to have the advantage offensively. In a shootout, New Orleans is going to have the advantage there too. So yeah, I know seven and a half is a lot, but yeah, Brad, you and I are lock in step here. Uh, Fantasy-wise, I think Breeze has an okay week. I have him at a 22. Uh, once again, for everybody listening, I use the DraftKings scoring methodology here. So this is a PPR score, um, the same exact rules that line up. I run them against the algorithm. So these uh, these are DraftKings projections here. But uh, Breeze, once again, at 22. I have Kamara at an 18. I have Ingram at about an 8.5. Um, Michael Thomas, I have having a nice week at a 20. That's not a dominant week for him. He's often in the high 20s or low 30s, uh, but 20. Um, so that just gives you a little bit of reflection on Dallas's defense being, uh, you know, having its impact. The other pass catchers for uh, New Orleans, I think, are going to struggle. Um, whoever's playing the wide receiver there, but I do think the tight end is a good matchup this week for New Orleans. So whether that's Hill or whether that's Watson, uh, keep an eye out for that. But I think the uh, the tight end could get in the end zone for New Orleans this week based on my projections. For Dallas, I think uh, Prescott is going to do okay. I think I'm, I have him at a 20. Um, that, to me, means that he's going to be using his legs to supplement the running game. Um, that's what I'm seeing. Elliott, I have having a down week. Now, a down week for Elliott is a 16. Uh, once again, you know, New Orleans is doing well at stopping the run at this point. Um, their defense isn't, I, would, I wouldn't say that they're elite level, but they do make teams tend to be one-dimensional, especially with the offense um, doing as well as it is. T- t- teams tend to kind of fold it up and try to pass a little bit more. So look for Dallas to try to get the running game going, but probably abandon it relatively early. Uh, at wide receiver, I think Amari Cooper is going to do okay. I have him at an 11. Um, but the you know the rest of the Dallas receivers, I don't have him d- doing super well. I think uh, Beasley is probably your best receiver actually at a 13, uh, but I stay away from all of their pass catchers, including tight end there. So Brad, let's move it to Baltimore, minus 2.5 at Atlanta. And Baldo, you know, by the way, Flacco is still questionable. Yeah, you know, even with Lamar Jackson, I'm going to take Baltimore to cover here. That That's such a, a kind and friendly spread. Uh, if it was three and a half, I, I might go the other way. But um, from a betting standpoint, I, I feel like it's always favorable to take that nice, juicy two and a half, you know. Yeah, it's under field goal. Um, I, I can't remember the the percentage breakdowns. I put it in my uh, my introduction to gambling book, but, you know, something like... 
Yeah, basically, the threes and the sevens are the big uh, point differentials in NFL games. Like, if you look at it at a percentage, it's something like, you know, I want to say like 60% of the games are either decided by three points or seven points. So that's why that seven and a half is a big jump, right? That's why that two and a half is a nice line for you. Um, it's under that three, that three-point field goal. So from a percentage standpoint, if Baltimore wins, you know, you're you're more likely in theory to uh, to get that three-point spread. But Brad, I'm with you, man. Two and a half, even with Lamar Jackson um, back there, I think Baltimore's moving the ball. Uh, Collins looks to be out this week, but Edwards uh, seems to be, you know, filling in very well in that running back role for, Bal- for Baltimore. Atlanta, they're at home. The one thing I'll say, I'll make a devil's advocate case, is Atlanta, at this point, they're playing for pride. Um, and, you know, these NFL players, they're, they always kind of get worried about, you know, coaches getting fired and a new coach coming in. And when that happens, they tend to turn over, you know, 50% of the roster over the first couple of years. So so believe me, players are looking to, to secure that paycheck going forward as well. Um, so they're a little bit more motivated to finish, you know, 6-10 and 10 rather than, you know, 2-14. and 14. Um, I don't think Atlanta's going to pull it out. I just haven't seen it. You know, Atlanta's going to come in and upset one of these teams. But, Brad, I'm with you, man. Even with Lamar Jackson back there, two and a half is nice. And if Flacco does come back, I like that that line even more. So I'm going to go with Baltimore. I'm with you. Um, from a um, from a daily fantasy perspective, the quarterback for Baltimore is hard to project, obviously, because they're different quarterbacks. If it's Flacco, I think about around, you know, around a 20 is is appropriate. If it's um, if it's Jackson, I actually think it's going to be higher because Jackson obviously relies on running a little bit more, so he's going to get a lot more of those what I would call bonus yards for quarterbacks. Um, you know, a running yard is is more valuable than a passing yard for quarterbacks, so I think that will go well for uh, for Jackson if he gets in there. Um, at running back, I think Edwards will do fine at a fourteen. Um, I stay away from the uh, the other running backs there. Uh, wide receiver, I actually have them pretty evenly split: Crabtree, Brown, and uh, and Snead, all in that eight to ten range. And then I stay away from tight end in Baltimore. For Atlanta, I have Ryan having an 18. Look, this Baltimore defense is tough. Um, they're going to limit the run. I haven't liked what I've seen from Tevin Coleman and the and the, the distribution and the split with Ito Smith. You know, Ito Smith tends to come in and take the, the rushing touchdowns away, um, which, you know, to be fair, Tevin Coleman does to Freeman when Freeman's in the game. So, But either way, I, I stay away from the Atlanta running backs here. Um Ryan, if you have him, you need to start it as okay, but I think you can actually find probably better value on waivers. Uh, wide receiver, I think Jones will do great. Um, uh, well, I shouldn't say great. I think he'll have a nice game, but great for Julio Jones. It's a little bit, um, he's judged a little bit differently because he's so good. I have Julio at a 17. To me, that's yards and completions, but that's not a touchdown. Um, Sanu and Ridley, I have a, a similar about an eight and a seven between them. And I think Hooper will have a nice game this week. I have him projected at a nine, which is a nice projection for tight end. By the way, Brad, again, I got Julio Jones, uh, whether or not he would get in the end zone for like the third or fourth week in a row. Actually, I, I got to say for the entire season, I'm, I think I'm like, um, like a 10 of 11 or something like that, or 11 of 12 or something like that, whether or not he's going to get the article. touchdown. It's crazy. And then Keenan Allen I'm dialed into as well. So uh, the projections are working really well, man. I'm getting a lot of good feedback on uh, like on Reddit when I post them. Like people are making money um, on their daily fantasy. They ask me for advice, you know, when I when I'm available, I chip in. So, you know, definitely uh, listeners, if you haven't uh, checked that out yet, uh, you know, at least just go in. You know, I'll probably have these um, these projections up by the time this podcast drops on Wednesday. But Brad, let's move it over now. We have Carolina minus four at Tampa Bay. See, this is an interesting game. For one, you never know what you're going to get from Carolina. Mm -hmm. And I don't think they're all that great, even when they play at their best. Uh, And and the same could be said for Tampa. I mean, 
you don't know what they're going to give you week to week. So, so, you know, I'm going to have to go with the upset here. I think Tampa, you know, they, they really would probably dislike Carolina greatly. And I, you know, I feel like they're going to give, uh, give their all. I like them to cover at home. So was that Tampa? Sorry, Brad, I, I missed the team there. Yeah, Tampa. Tampa. Yeah, you know, one either one of these teams. This is like game is like a coin flip to me. I'm not going to wager yeah. anyone any real money on this. Um, you know, I'm going to take Carolina just because they haven't been playing well as of late. But I swear to you, I think I mentioned this in another podcast. I think I've gotten like every every single Carolina projection wrong this season. Um, they always fall flat when I think that they're gaining momentum, and then when I think that they're flat. Then they gain the momentum, <laughs> and they're right. I'm going to pick Carolina here. You know, I can't imagine Jameis Winston doing well against the passing defense here. Um, Tampa got their win against San Francisco. You know, they're up and down. I don't think that they're going to get the consistency together. Um, Deshaun Jackson, I know he's been, he hasn't been as much of a focal point, but he's questionable. I don't know if he's going to play. Uh, the Carolina, we know that they're going to be able to run the ball, and we know that they'll be able to, to at least get a short passing game going with uh, McCaffrey. I know Funchess is hurt. If Funchess is back, I don't know. I mean, four points. I think Carolina can win this game by seven, even though they're on the road. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take Carolina here. I don't feel great about it. I would not recommend that our listeners uh, wager money. Um, and you know, certainly Brad and I are split here. And, uh, when we split, we tend to go 50, 50. Um, he wins some, I win some. So that just goes to show you, it's like, you know, we'll see what happens. But, uh, in terms of daily fantasy, I think Cam Newton's going to have a nice game. Look, I think these, these offenses are going to score. I think this is going to be a high scoring game. In fact, when I wrote it down, I think I have uh, Carolina 30 Tampa Bay, um, like in like 25 ish range. So, uh, you know, Carolina, I think Cam Newton, 26 points, 27 points. Um, he'll do well. McCaffrey, I think, will have a great game at a 27. Funchess, I think, uh, will have, if he plays, will have a nice game at a 14. Um, none of the pass catchers. I think you can make a case for Samuel, uh, Curtis Samuel, as a daily fantasy sleeper, uh, but i probably stay away from everybody else. Oh, and Olsen, I think, will have an 11. I think he'll have a nice game. For Tampa Bay, uh, Winston, I think will have a 28. I think he'll he'll score quite well. Uh, Peyton Barber, I like what he's doing lately. They, the Tampa Bay seems to be trying to commit to the run a little bit more than they have in years past, so that's nice. But I still only have him at a nine. I think he's going to have a tough game. Evans, I have at a 13. Uh, Jackson, if he plays, I have him at a nine. Um, Godwin, I actually like a little bit more. I have him at a 12. So he, to me, in terms of daily fantasy, is better value than Evans because he'll be less expensive. Uh, and then uh, Humphreys, I think, will have a nice game uh, as well as that uh, at that wide receiver four position. And then Brait, now that O.J. Howard is gone and there's really only one tight end there, I think he's going to have a nice game too. And, and he's always had really nice chemistry with Winston. So I think he's he's definitely a play in daily fantasy. I have him at a 14. He's definitely a play in your fantasy leagues as well if you picked him up off of waivers. All right, Brad, let's move it now. We have the Chargers plus three and a half at Pittsburgh. And Brad, Melvin Gordon is out. Mm, this is an interesting game, man. This is going to be incredible. Uh, you know, with Melvin Gordon out, uh, man, I, you know, if, if he was in there, I'd have to take the Chargers because that's a nice, nice, juicy spread for the underdog. But um, you know what? I'm still going to take take the Chargers. I think Pittsburgh, you know, they may win, but I don't see them winning by more than a field goal. I mean, every time they win, it's it's a close battle. So I'm going to I'm going to take the underdogs. I go Chargers. Yeah, I'm going Pittsburgh specifically because Gordon's out. Um, yeah. You know, Eckler, I think he'll have a nice game at running back, um, you know, in his stead. But if if basically if Gordon was playing, I was going to take um, I was going to take Pittsburgh to win a close game. And in fact, I wrote this down before I knew um, 
Um, I knew Gordon was out. I had Pittsburgh 28, Chargers 26. Just like you, I thought this was like a two-point game. Um, but, you know, Gordon being out, it makes the defense a little bit more one-dimensional. We know Pittsburgh can get to the quarterback and rush. I, I tend to think, even though I, I do think the Chargers will still put up points in this game, I just think it's going to be a little bit too much because they're not going to have that solid running game throughout the entire game. So I'm going to take Pittsburgh, again, only because Gordon is out. Um, from a fantasy point of view, I like Rivers. I, I think he's at a 20. That's an average quarterback projection for me. Gordon, I thought, was going to have a nice game, um, but instead I think Eckler will have an okay game, probably in that 15-ish point range. You know, he'll get some catches. He'll get some rushing yards. Um, I don't really see a favorable uh, touchdown opportunity coming to him this week. I think those will go to the receivers, uh, which means I like Keenan Allen. Uh, I like Terrell Williams, and uh, and I don't love Mike Williams this week um, for uh, the Chargers. Uh, tight end, you know, whether it's Gates or Virgil Green, I think one of those two will, will have a decent game. Uh, for Pittsburgh, um, I like Roethlisberger at a 21, uh, slightly above average. Uh, Connor, I like having, you know, he's probably an average week at a 15, um, average for him anyway, uh, for receiver, uh, Antonio Brown, I have at a 14, Juju Smith-Schuster at a 13, which means again, a daily fantasy. If you're going to bet on one, I'd probably take Smith-Schuster because he is going to be the less expensive option, but I like both of them in terms of fantasy plays this week. Um, and then I don't like any of the other pass catchers, including tight end. So let's move it now, Brad. We have Chicago minus four and a half at the Giants. And Trubisky wow. Trubisky is still questionable, but I tend to think he's going to play because he's had a nice uh, long rest now. Wow. You know, Chicago, they they look pretty solid, man. The, the coaching over there is is really coming together. Uh, Jesus. Am I, am I really going to say this? I, I got to go Giants. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Eli Manning. Ah. Unbelievable, oh, yeah. this guy. But four and a half point underdogs at home, man. And, and it's not like it's the 85 Bears. You know, it's like at the same time, we we got to slow down just a little bit. Um, I Yeah, I got to go to New York. You know, well, well th- this is one of the ones that we got right last week, Brad, is the uh, Giants uh, mine, uh, no, Giants plus six um, at Philadelphia. And we got that right. Um, you know, these these high point spreads, I, the Giants aren't bad. I think the coaching staff, you mentioned the coaching staff coming together for Chicago. I think it's coming together for the Giants, too. You know, after their bye week, they, they've seen, they maybe even like one or two weeks before the bye week. I remember they played Atlanta tough on a Monday night. The team is playing tough. They're moving the ball. Um, Saquon Barkley looks, I mean, like a beast. I still would have taken a quarterback at that slot, but you, you can't you can't deny you can't deny how good uh, Barkley is flashing right now for uh, for the Giants. They have Beckham. Um, you know they've been banged up throughout the year. I like this Giants team a lot more than I like you know the record. I think from a gambling point of view, you get a lot of value from them. That said, I am going to go with Chicago under the assumption that Trubisky you know um, Cowboys up and he plays this week. Um, if he doesn't play, I don't think Chase Daniels get, gets it done against this Giants team. You know, covering a four and a half point spread that's a lot. Again, if Trubisky plays, you know, I am actually comfortably on Chicago if Trubisky plays. Man, this defense is good. The Giants is, are a team that really don't give you a lot of um, value and extra bonus playing at home. You know, they've just never been a, a team that excels at home. It's not like they're a Seattle, right? They, they don't really give you that home field advantage. So, you know, like I said, I don't feel great about it. I, I do like the Giants a lot more than people say, but I will take the Bears there for uh, in terms of fantasy if Trubisky plays I have him at around a 19 or 20 if it's Daniels Chase Daniels I, you know I'm, I'm gonna stay away I'm not gonna put him in any of my fantasy or daily fantasy lineups um, against this Giants team 
at running back Howard and Coleman. Um, I'm sorry, Cohen. Uh, I have them about the same at around a 10. Um, I think that uh, the screen game is, is, isn't is going to be as strong this week against the Giants. The Giants play an underrated brand of defense. I think they're going to be okay. Uh, at uh, receiver, Allen Robinson, I think, is your is your best receiver. But I think all these, I think this is going to be kind of a lower scoring game, like maybe a 20 to 10 type affair. So I don't think any of these, uh, these players are really going to do well. Uh, if I have to pick one for the Bears, I would pick um, Trey Burton. I have him at an 11. Uh, for the Giants, I have Eli Manning at a very paltry 15. I think Saquon's going to get enough. Saquon Barkley is going to get enough carries and catches to get you to a 15, but I don't think he's going to find the end zone. I think that um, Beckham will have a decent game, but again, probably not a touchdown game for him. I actually think that uh, Sterling Shepard will give you the most of the daily fantasy um, value. I have him at a 13, but he's going to be so inexpensive that uh, he would be my pick um, at a receiver in this uh, in this lineup. And then, you know, tight end, you know, is Ingram going to play? I don't know. If he doesn't, Rhett Ellison gives you, you know, catches and yards, but I'd still stay away from this matchup. Man, Chicago's defense is tough to play against. Okay, Brad, moving it along, we have Buffalo plus five at Miami. Oh, gross. Oh, my God. (laughs) Cancel this one. Buffalo (laughs) plus five at Miami. I don't know. I'll go Miami. Yeah, Miami. Another one we got right last week, by the way. Um yeah, Miami covering that nine-point spread against Indianapolis is a little bit too much. Yeah, you know Buffalo. You know Buffalo covered against Jacksonville last week, but Brad, I don't. You probably didn't watch that game because that was just like an ugly game to watch. That Jacksonville Buffalo game, but um, that was one of the games we we both picked Jacksonville. We got wrong. Leonard Fournette. This is the second time this has happened to me this season. A running back punches somebody and gets ejected Ooh. from the game, and it costs Sean Ryan money. I don't like that, Brad. I don't like when running backs get in fist fights in the game. So they there was a play. It was 14-14. Um, they hit, Jacksonville had a deep pass, gets on like the two-yard line, right? So that's Fournette territory from the two. Um, and uh, and Jacksonville at that point was going to take control of the game. But Fournette gets in a fight on that play. Jacksonville doesn't get the touchdown on that play. And then, you know, the rest is non-cover history. So I'm, I'm a little bitter about that because I had Jacksonville in some parlays. Um, that would have cost me or would have made me a lot more money. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it goes. I guess you can't really project when a, when a running back is going to get in a fist fight. Anyway, that's my uh, that's my complaint. But Buffalo, Miami in this game, I don't know. I'm going to take Miami too. I, I'm not going to wager money. Please, everybody out there listening, don't take this as an endorsement to, you know, mortgage your house and uh, put it all on Miami. Uh, but, you know, M- Miami I think is, is underrated. I've been saying it all season, underrated in terms of uh, gambling. Um, I, you, Buffalo is doing well. I say this, you know, they're not the dumpster fire they were to begin the year. They are, you know, putting up twenty-ish points a game um, each week. They're scoring a little bit more than we give them credit for. But Miami, I, I think they can cover this, and I think this can be a touchdown game uh, for fantasy, uh, daily fantasy, I should say. Uh, stay away from every bill. Um, actually, you know what, Lashawn McCoy, I have him at a fourteen. I think that's reasonable. Um, yeah, I'm looking at these projections. I don't like any other projection for the Buffalo. And Miami, their entire wide receiver core <laughs> is hurt or questionable. I think Drake might be questionable as well. Uh, proceed with caution. If you're going to pick one, I think Drake is the better of the running backs. And then I stay away from the receivers anyway. I think this is going to be a low-scoring kind of ugly game. Uh, but I do have Miami covering the spread just barely. I have this at a, at a 23-17 to 17 type game. Okay, Brad, let's move it on now. We have Denver minus three and a half at Cincinnati. Dalton is questionable. Boy, Denver was uh, pretty impressive uh, the other day, right? I mean, they they battled and, and Denver, got it done. Denver has been playing, you know, I've, I've actually watched a lot of Denver this year. They play a really tough defense. I think they're underrated from a defensive point of view. 
And they're, you know, Case Keenum, look, we, we said it in the in the season preview, he's not going to, what do you call him, Gil, Gilbert Godfrey wearing a Gilbert helmet? Gilbert Godfrey in a helmet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, like, you know, he's he's not somebody that's, I don't know, a, a sexy quarterback, but he's better than the poo-poo platter that they had last year in Denver. He can move yep. the ball. He's a game manager. He's a quite a quarterback that'll get you to 8-8, eight and 9-7. Eight, and seven. And so, like, when you have that type of quarterback with a good defense— Maybe it's good enough to eke out some games that maybe you shouldn't. Um, this Denver offense playing against a, a tough um, but depleted Cincinnati. Um, I'm sorry, this Denver defense playing against this tough but depleted uh, Cincinnati offense. I don't know. It's kind of a neutralized game. Brad, Brad what do you think? You know what? I'm going to go Cincinnati only because the spread's three and a half. Um, I think that Denver is, is also another team that, that likes to get in close games, uh, much like a Pittsburgh does. So uh, I'm going to go Cincinnati to cover. Yeah, my I guess my and this assumes Brad right that uh, that Dalton plays. Obviously, if Dalton isn't playing and it's a backup against this defense, I mean it's kind of like pull it off the board situation. I would assume. Oh, correct for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, AJ Green is hurt. This I don't know. He's questionable, so you don't know if he's going to play. He's missed the last couple games, I think. I, I don't know. I'm on Denver. I'm going to take Denver. That half point field goal. I you know I don't love it either. Um, but because Cincinnati is so banged up, and I just, I still, I've been saying this all season, I think this team is a different team when Eifert is in. They're not getting anything from the tight end position. It seems like they're still trying to find their way a little bit on offense. Um, you know, I, I I like Cincinnati. You know, I'm, I'm sorry to say this, but I, I just think that they're going to get worse and worse and worse as the season goes on. Um, add in that Dalton injury factor, you know, who knows what's going to happen. So I'm going to take Denver minus three and a half in this game. I don't love it. Again, it's not something I'm going to wager my personal money on. Um, I think this is going to be a close game. I have it around a 26 to 20 type game. So I think the line should be around five or six, especially with the Dalton situation. But anyway, there that is. From uh, from a fantasy per- perspective, I have Keenum at an 18. That's not great. I have Lindsey at a 15 and Freeman at a uh, 12, which is you know probably okay for both. At receiver, I think Sutton will do well at like a 10 to an 11 point game. I, Sanders is always the wide receiver you play here at a 15. Hireman is out, um, so I I think the Denver tight end position will do well against the Cincinnati team. Um, so you take a look at the depth chart, see who you think will get the bulk of the reps there, the bulk of the targets. I do see opportunities for this position grouping at tight end for Denver. But again, it's not Hireman, so uh, proceed with caution there. For Cincinnati, Dalton, um, I have him at a 17, which is much below his usual projection. 17 is a below average quarterback projection. Uh, Mixon, I have at a 16. I think he's the the skill player you want to play. Boyd, I have at an 18, but he's a different player, man. I think he needs a little bit of that... um, you know, some of the, the focus off of him when A.J. Green plays. So without A.J. Green, I have him downgraded. With A.J. Green, I have him at an 18. Uh, and then at tight end, uh, Uzuma should get some opportunities against this Denver defense. But, you know, he's hit or miss. Um, he is not a dynamic tight end. Uh, so, again, proceed with caution there. If, you, if you're somebody who plays like a lot of uh, daily fantasy and you do a lot of lineup rotations, I think you can put uh, Uzuma in your rotation. But if you're somebody who plays like two or three different daily fantasy lineups, you know, stay away and go with somebody like a Burton uh, in Chicago. Somebody that, uh, you know, might be a little bit of a higher price but isn't elite priced and can get you that elite projection. Uh, so let's move it on, Brad. We have the Rams minus nine and a half at Detroit. Oh, wow. That's quite the spread. Jesus. Uh, boy, Matt Stafford, man. You know, he had the ball tied in the fourth quarter, threw a pick to the house, 
Then had the ball again down seven, threw a pick in the end zone. Has that guy ever, ever, one time, won a big game or had a big moment you see now brad like this takes us back maybe a couple years ago um you know in our text threads and all this stuff when we were when we were talking about uh, kirk cousins um getting his payday and and you i mean your your general philosophy is don't pay a mediocre quarterback over 20 million dollars right and my one of, one of my arguments was, you know, at that point, Kirk Cousins. I was like, Kirk Cousins to me is like Andy Dalton and like Matt Stafford. Like, right? They they had they put up big stats, but they won't ever actually do anything. Um, it's a little bizarre, no? Yeah, and and like Stafford is going to probably retire. Well, I know he's definitely going to retire. Probably the richest quarterback of all time because he was so young when he came in the league that he's going to get two. He's probably even going to get one more big contract in his career. He's got that big arm that people fall in love with, but he doesn't do anything. Like, no. like, and I understand why Detroit would pay him, right? Because what? And I made this argument with Kirk Cousins in Washington uh, before they famously bungled that situation. But, like, what else are you going to do? Um, are, are you going to go into the draft? Now, I think maybe they do, <laughs> you know, after this year. But, um, you know, you're basically trying to sell your fans on, hey, you know, we're Detroit. We haven't been good since Barry Sanders in the early 90s. Um, and we're going 9-7 and seven and 10-6 and six with Matt Stafford. Or we can go back and detonate and go 2-14 and 14 for a couple more years. Yeah, you know, I, I understand why they pay him. But I'm with you, man. He doesn't. He just doesn't do anything. You know, he doesn't do anything for me. He's like a sexier version of Eli Manning to me. And Eli Manning's yeah. won two Super Bowls, so. And, you know, it's not that he's bad. He's just, it's it's minutia. It doesn't go anywhere. And he's, he's, I don't even know if he's won a playoff game. And maybe he's got one playoff win. Something or, like or, that. Or it might even be one playoff appearance. Um, you know, I'm going to take the Rams to cover. I think they're head and shoulders above this team. And I think they get it done even on the road. I'm with you. I think the Rams, to me, are the uh, the second best team in the league. I know that they beat um, they beat the Chiefs, who to me are the second best team in the league. Uh, did I say so? I, the Rams are the third best team uh, for me behind the Saints, who are currently number one, and Kansas City, who's number two. And yes, I know that they beat the Chiefs a couple weeks ago, but on a neutral field, I think uh, Kansas City comes out. And Kansas City also turned the ball over in that game a little bit too much. It was kind of weird. But um, the Rams, I, I think, are head and shoulders above Detroit. Detroit, I don't love what's going on there. Uh, carry on, John in there is banged up Marvin Jones another receiver is gone they traded Golden Tate away so they're basically down to Bruce Ellington and uh, Galladay um, I think the Ram or the uh, the Lions I think they're going to have tough, a tough time keeping up in a track meet uh, the Rams I know they lost Cooper Cup but they plugged in uh, Reynolds there um, at receiver and they didn't really even seem to miss a beat there you know that's what you get in a McVay offense you just have receivers streaking wide open and then you have Gurley to, to thump people and get those short yardage touchdowns so yeah I have this one uh, I have Rams at minus 11 personally when I'm when I made my own lines out here I don't love nine and a half is a big game I don't I don't usually lay those kinds of points down and I know you don't either Brad but that's it, it's good value even with the Rams on the road, I'm going to take them in this game. From a fantasy point of view, I think golf is a great play. Gurley is always a great play. Um, I like Reynolds. If you haven't picked him up off of waivers yet and you have that ability, please do so. I think he's going to give you cup-like production for the rest of the year. Um, I have him at a 12. I th have the, the best receiver is, is Woods for me at a 19, uh, but I also think Cooks uh, does well. I think all these receivers do well um, for the Rams. I'm going to stay away from the tight ends this week against Detroit. Now, for Detroit, I have Stafford at a 19, which is okay. Um, you could probably pick him up off of waivers at this point, uh, but he'll do. He'll give you nice production if you um, 
you know, if you have some quarterback injury or something like that, you need to, you need to plug and play. Uh, running back, you know, whether it's Blount, whether it's uh, Kerryon Johnson, I have them at a mediocre 12 at a running back. You can do better on waivers. Uh, receiver, uh, let's see here. I think actually I would favor Ellington this week over Galladay based on matchup. Now, Galladay is, is emerging as obviously like their top target and their top wide receiver. I get that. I'm not ignoring that. I just think from a matchup point of view, Ellington is probably the better of those receivers this week. I think he'll have more opportunity based on coverages. And then um, this week, I would say that um, you know Luke Wilson... Um, Oh, no, 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 I'm reading the wrong line. I apologize. Tight ends, just stay away from Detroit's tight end. Uh, you know what? Okay, let's move it over to Arizona, plus 14. That's a big line, man. 14 at Green Bay. Oh, my God. You know, it's a sad, sad year for the good guys. Yeah. But is there is there anything that makes me think that Green Bay is going to blow anybody away? I mean, I haven't seen it not once this year. So, you know, may... may God strike me dead as I say this, but I got to take Arizona to cover. Not that Green Bay is probably not going to win, obviously, but I could see them winning by 10 around that range. So uh, I'm going to go Arizona. It's too many points for me. Yeah, agreed, man. Agreed. I, I, the 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 lineup or the spread that I made here was uh, Green, Bla- Green Bay minus seven. Um you know, look, at this point, Green Bay is winner out. Um, you know, I, I thought that they were going to show up against Minnesota. I have not been dialed into the uh, to the north. I got to say, I did uh, I did turn the corner on Chicago a little bit quicker than you have, Brad. So I've been making some money on Chicago games. Um, I've been making some money on the Detroit games. But those Green Bay and Minnesota, I keep waiting on one of those teams to do better. Um, yeah, and they, they just never show up, man. So, um you know, it is what it is. I, I think Green Bay, I'm like you, Brad, I think Green Bay wins the game. But 14, I don't know, man. Two touchdowns. Like you said, Green Bay hasn't been blowing anybody out. Um, I think the best game that they had was Miami a few weeks ago at home where they covered a 10-point spread. Arizona's defense is tough. Like, I don't like what I'm seeing from Rosen. He's completing like nine passes a game. But I tell you, when he does complete passes, like 30% of them are for touchdowns. Uh, he does throw a decent amount of touchdown passes. Um Green Bay's defense has been kind of struggling all season long. So I have this as like a 24 to 17 type game. You know, even if it's 28 17 and it's a comfortable win, it's still not covering the spread. So I will take Arizona here, but I'm not going to wager my personal money on it. Uh, from a fantasy point of view, I stay away from Rosen. I think uh, Johnson does well. I have him at a 15. I think Fitzgerald has an 11. And I have, I think I have Kirk at an 8, which is decent value. He might be a nice daily fantasy. I wouldn't even call him a sleeper, though, because he's going to be a little bit more overvalued in the, you know, DraftKings and FanDuel. Uh, for Green Bay, I have uh, Aaron Rodgers, who looks mortal for the first time in, you know, close to a decade, I think. I have him at an 18. Um, Jones, I like. But, you know, it's it's a good, not great 13 for me. Uh, Devontae Adams, I think, will score any week against any cornerback. I have him at an 18. Uh, the rest of the receivers, Brad, we talked about this a little bit last week. What the hell's going on with the receivers there, man? Well, they don't have anybody out there. I yeah. mean, Cobb, Cobb hasn't been out there in a long time. Yep. And, and then it's just a bunch of guys that, you know, look decent because Aaron is good. Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't know if it's, it's so much a problem with the receivers as just I think that McCarthy, and I know this is a, a popular narrative right now, so I'm not giving a hot take, but I think he's out of touch with the current scope of the NFL, and I don't think he's adjusted to the rules. And, the, you know, there's there's all these other coaches that scheme so much better than McCarthy. You know, we there's never a guy wide open for, for Green Bay, you right. know? 
and and all these other teams, you know, the the Chiefs, the Rams, they they scheme players open. And and that's that's coaching 101 in today's game, you know. It's a it's a stretch them out, you know, almost like a 7 on 7. Right. And I I think he's just a little archaic and um you know, I, I I'm not alone in this. I, I think it's time to move on and get some get some fresh minds in there. Um, but the question was about the receivers. One one note, Devonte Adams, man, he's really turned into something, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, we saw promise in him early. You know, he had the yips and the drops for a couple years. I know he was uh, always he was a guy that was always open. You and I would text about this because I know you're a big Packers fan, and I I enjoy watching the Packers, right? Um, I mentioned that I loved watching the offense, you know, back when it was in its heyday and sure. Adams would just always drop a, a, like a crucial pass. And I had, I think I had like Aaron Rodgers on my fantasy team or something like that. So he was always kill me in fantasy matchups because there would be like a wide open touchdown. It would just I like know, stone hands. And, and yeah, he had stone hands and, and Rodgers, he doesn't, he just doesn't look happy. He's grumpy. It's like me when I'm around my girlfriend. He just doesn't <laughs> feel good about the entire thing, but he's trying, man. He's, is it the Danica Patrick? Is it is it is it the relationship? Yeah, maybe it's Yoko Patrick. <laughs> I, I don't know. I I think that you know Rogers. I mean, and and again, this isn't a hot take or anything, but obviously he expects to be fourteen and two, thirteen and three. You know, like that's that's what his benchmark is. He he needs to be on a team like that, and he should be. And now it's it's the furthest thing from it. So I, I'd be pissy if I was him too, man. And and they don't listen to him. They they give away, you know, the, the quarterback coach he wanted. He liked right. Jared Cook. They gave him away. Uh, and and you can go down the list. And I think I think the situation is coming to a head. Yeah, the the problem I guess from a coaching uh, point of view, and we'll get back to the to the line and the analytics here. Um, but I just kind of want to delve into this. The problem I think with the coaching point of view is is I don't know what young up and coming offensive studs are left. I mean, it it almost seems like the coaching ranks are depleted because I thought Chicago made a stretch when they hired Nagy. Um, I thought, oh gosh, you know that they're they're looking for McVay part two, and and Nagy had never called plays. He was just under Andy Reid. Well, you know he's done well, obviously, right? Um. And maybe uh, is it Bienemy, the the new offensive coordinator for uh, for Kansas yeah, City? Yeah, maybe yeah. because of Kansas City. And by the way, um, Mahomes. Uh, I guess we can talk about him in a bit. But I think if I counted correctly, I think he's got like forty two touchdown passes. He's on pace to to beat the all time touchdown like you know in a se- single season, which is crazy that's, to me. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, um, if he if he averages two, I think he's averaging four for the season. If he's averages like two for the rest of the way, he's gonna he's gonna be the you know the the single season touchdown uh, thrower um, have that record. It's, it's, it's funny because there's there's all these teams that are getting so much production out of quarterbacks that aren't named Brady, Rodgers, or or Breeze, you know, and it's like okay, if it's possible to be so successful with these marginal guys that that nobody thought would be anything then why can't you get any production from Aaron Rodgers, who everyone still thinks is the most talented quarterback in the game? Yep. And it's it's perplexing. Yeah. Yep, yep. It's uh it's a it, Thanks for my listening to my rant. <laughs> I've yeah. been waiting for this one. Yeah, it's uh, it's something I know that when we get into our offseason stuff and our offseason coverage, I'm sure it's something that we're going to delve into more um, because it is really an interesting kind of case study. And I'm with you, Brad. Like, I liked McCarthy. I think everybody just kind of needs to hit a reset button. Uh, I think McCarthy could use a new opportunity. Um, he doesn't know when to he, – he runs when he should throw, and he throws when he should run, and he's a fat idiot, and I can't stand <laughs> the sight of him. No 
Well, you know, hey, Brad, don't mince words here. Tell me how you really feel. But his daughter is so hot. For all our listeners, go find her on Instagram. I'm sure it'll be nice and easy to find her. She's incredible. Yeah, I, you know, I, I hope I hope you're talking about her personality's hot because we wouldn't want to get into to the kind of chauvinistic stuff on this show. No, she's a saint. She's a saint. She's a saint. Um, but I will look her up on Instagram. Okay, uh, <laughs> getting it over to uh, to the fantasy side of things here. Uh, Ro- oh wait, we already talked about Green Bay. Um, oh, I got to Adams. I was talking about the receivers. So like Adams, yeah. And then I, you know, because we don't know what's going on with those receivers in Green Bay, eh, I'm gonna stay away from them. But uh, Graham, I was pl- uh, pleasantly surprised to see that he played in a splint. I think he'll have opportunities against this Arizona team. So I think Graham could get in the end zone, assuming he can catch the ball with that. Uh, that thumb injury that will be nagging him. All right, right. Let's move it. We have Cleveland plus five at Houston. Cleveland plus five at Houston. I don't think that line's big enough, man. I got to go Houston to cover very, very easily. Yeah, I don't. To me, this is like an upset watch. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb here, just like I did last week with uh, Cleveland Cincinnati. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Cleveland covers. And here's my reasoning. Um, it, it, I don't know if I'm going to wager personal money on this or not. You know, I'm kind of 50-50 on this for now. But uh, both, you know, Houston, we know how good this defense is in Houston. Um, they're, they're lights out. They have a pass rush. They have Watt. They have Clowney on the other side. They're shutting down the run. They're doing well. Well, Cleveland is generating turnovers. Um, Watson is somebody who can turn the ball over uh, at quarterback for Houston. Um, I believe Cleveland can shut down Lamar Miller. So basically, I think this could be a low-scoring game or an intermediate-scoring game. I don't know who's going to win, but I could see this being within a field goal. Um, you know, Cleveland is being able to run the ball. They're starting to get uh, Chubb the ball in more space, which I, th- you know, I've been calling for for most of the season. And Warren Sharp is another guy. Um, I follow him on Twitter. He's been calling for Cleveland to be a little bit more interesting in the running game as well. I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't feel great about it, but you know, what's what's a show without uh, you know some uh, some provocative uh, opinions? So I will take Absolutely. Cleveland. I'll take Cleveland here. Um, you know, some dissension, some disagreement between us is good. It, it, it strengthens our healthy competition here, which you're currently winning. Um, I'll, uh, I'll add in. But, yeah, I'll, I'll take Cleveland. I don't feel great about it. But I, I have this as, you know, possibly even a Cleveland upset. Houston's won eight in a row. They're on a roll. At some point, you know, you would think that they would have to lose something. But um, interesting game. I think it's one that I'll definitely tune into this week um, when I watch. Uh, from a fantasy point of view, I, I, you know, I think both of these offenses are going to struggle a little bit uh, this week. Um, Mayfield, who I've been liking lately, I have him at a 16, so that's down from his usual projection. Chubb, I think, will have tough sledding. I have him at an 11, so that's down from his usual projection as of late as well. Uh, at receiver, I would say Landry is the one that you want in Cleveland, and then keep an, uh, keep an eye out for Njoku as well. Um, you know, I think this tight end uh, will have opportunities against the Houston defense. At quarterback for Houston, I think Watson scores at 20. I think he'll do uh, well. Miller I have at a 15. I think he'll get nice runs and um, running yards and catches. I don't think he'll break the uh, the end zone, though. Hopkins, I think, will have a big game at a 23. Uh, wide receiver ones have been uh, chewing up Cleveland this year, so I think they'll do well. At uh, I, you got to keep... keep um, Keep an eye out for a Demarius Thomas. He's been getting in the end zone as of late. I think he'll continue to um, – I don't think he'll get in the end zone this week, but I think he'll get a nice amount of catches and yards. Uh, they don't have anybody doing well, but you should keep an eye out for Ryan Griffin this weekend at tight end. I think he could get you in the end zone for Houston there as well. So, Brad, let's move it now. We have Indianapolis minus 3.5 at Jacksonville without Leonard Fournette. He is suspended. Ooh, got to go Indy all day, man. They're humming. I like it. 
Yeah, Indy's doing well. The the, the one thing that gives me pause is uh, Marlon Mack. So I think they've been undefeated since he's been back from his, I think he had a hamstring or a knee or something. Well, uh, Mack is in the concussion protocol. Uh, this Indianapolis team is a little bit different uh, without Mack. Jacksonville, though, did shut down the run the last time they played a few weeks ago, even when Mack was in the lineup. Indianapolis barely escaped. Um, in fact, I think they pushed their line. I believe... Um, Vinatieri missed a field goal late that we would have both gotten a cover on that. Um, instead, we pushed on that particular week. But um, yeah, three and a half, Indianapolis. Jacksonville is switching. They're going to Cody Kessler at quarterback. They're moving away from Bortles. Um, Fournette out. Hey, yeah, I just don't see it. I just don't see it going well for Jacksonville. I, I, I don't love taking a division favorite when they're on the road, um, you know, against a division opponent there. Three and a half. You know, the this was a three point game when they played in Indianapolis, but you know, the quarterback change for net being out, Jacksonville kind of losing momentum. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna stick with Indianapolis. Now from a quarterback or a fantasy perspective, a quarterback, I think Luck has a twenty one. He'll produce every week. Uh, Mac, I think will have a tough game, assuming he plays. I have him at a ten. If he doesn't play, then uh, then I have Hines scoring maybe a ten or an eleven. Uh, because he gets a lot more catches than Mac does week to week. Uh, receiver, I have Hilton doing well at a 13. Um, I think Inman is your second receiver there. I have him at a 7. Um, that's not great, but it's production if you need it. And then at tight end, Doyle's out, so it's it's the Ebron show now entirely. Uh, once again, I have him at an 11. Ebron finds the end zone like twice a week. It's crazy. So, uh, so good for Ebron owners and people that picked him up off of waivers early in the year. Uh, over at Jacksonville, Kessler. Look, I'm, is anybody out there going to play Kessler in their fantasy lineups? No. Um, if you play a ton of daily fantasy, you could work him into the uh, the rotation. But me personally, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to stay away. Um, Fournette, I thought, would have had a nice game if he's going to play. But this goes now to the, the poo-poo platter. It's the Hyde and uh, TJ Yeldon show. Eh, I'm going to stay away from both of them. Um, at receiver, uh, Cole is no longer a factor in the offense. I think D.D. Westbrook's probably your best receiver there. I have him at an 11. Moncrief might do okay, but you know I wouldn't bet any money on that. Uh, and then I don't like the uh, the tight end for Jacksonville either. So, Brad, let's move it now. We have the Jets plus 9 at Tennessee. And this was this was kind of a split line I was, because uh, when I pulled the lines, it was just after the Monday night football game. So the, the line might move a little bit, but for now it's plus 9 at Tennessee. You know, that's a lot of points for me, man. I, I just I have to take Jets to cover. I, I don't think they're going to win, but I don't see Tennessee blowing anybody out like that. I mean, I know they beat New England a few weeks ago, but I don't think they're all that special. Uh, I'm going to take the Jets to cover. Yeah, and Darnold is out, um, or, or questionable at least. And I think this this offense does improve a little bit with McCown, the backup there, the, the gritty vet. Um yeah, I'm with you, man. Nine points to me is a lot. The, both of these de- defenses are good. Uh, if McCown's back there throwing the ball, the, the Jets offense is going to be a little bit more efficient. Uh, you know, I could very easily see this being a, a, a you know, a, a 21 to, to 13 um, type game. And hey, that gets you a cover if you're uh, if you're going on the Jets. So I'll get you there. Uh, I'll, I'll take the Jets um, from a fantasy point of view. Uh, I don't like anybody on the Jets outside of maybe Anunwa. Um, I think the running back struggle. I think the quarterback struggles. Uh, something you want to take, pay attention to. I don't think it'll be a factor this week, but the Jets look to be focusing on Herndon a little bit more. Um, the, the tight end continue, the young tight end there continues to emerge. He's somebody you want to pay attention to, but again, not this week. Uh, for ten- Tennessee, Mariota, eh, I have him at a 14. I think Lewis will score you decently at an 11, but that's not great. Um, receivers, I have them split pretty evenly. I actually have um, 
Sharp, uh, Taylor, if he plays, uh, Davis, I have them all in the eight range, and then I stay away from the tight ends there. Uh, Brad, let's move it now. We have Kansas City minus 15 at Oakland. At Oakland, wow. Oh, my God, this is tough. I, You know, I just can't eat that many points. I got to take the underdog here. I got to go Oakland, and I know it sounds crazy, but 15, uh, that, that makes me nervous. Yeah, I hear you, man. I am going to take Kansas City, though. Uh, coming off a bye week, um, man, this offense, they score 40 points every time they come out. I know, dude. They're so good. I hear you, but I could see Oakland losing by 14. Yeah, I know. You know I know. If, if the line was KC minus 13, I'd take KC, but yeah, that you know, these division games, they're at home. I could see them giving their, their, their all. They'll, they'll give them their best shot and still lose by 14. That's my prediction. My my suggestion for everybody listening to the show, like Brad said, like I don't love the more than a touchdown, right? If they lose by 14, you're not covering. So that's that's a lot of points in the NFL. My suggestion is wait and hope that the, uh, the sharp money, like all the big money starts going and taking the points for Oakland at home this week. Uh, you know, they're a divisional underdog, which always bodes well for the for the team at home. Hope that this line gets bet down to like the the 13, 12, 11 range, which could very well happen by Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then put your money on Kansas City. But um, I'm going to take Kansas City. Uh, I don't love it, man. 15 is a lot of points, but Oakland is a dumpster fire. Um, I yeah, do think they are. I think they'll come back. I, I th- come out. I think they'll play with pride. But who's gonna who's gonna get in the end zone? You basically have Jared Cook and a bunch of eh. You know, it's you know Doug Martin isn't doing it for me. Um, uh, I think I think uh, who is it? Um, uh, Martavis Bryant is out. I think uh, Roberts and Nelson are both questionable. Like they don't have anybody. Um, so it, it's hard for me to to believe that Oakland. I mean, they're basically going to have to hold Kansas City. I think under thirty points to cover the spread, and it's hard for me to believe that that would happen. Um, especially off a of bye week when everybody's fresh. So we'll see. But anyway, I'm going to take Kansas City. From a fantasy point of view, Mahomes, uh, you start him every week. I have him at a 27. I have Hunt at a 17. I have Hill at a 16. Um, I think Watkins struggles a little bit. I think Watkins also, by the way, is questionable. Um, I have Kelsey at a 15. So I have a lot of nice value for Kansas City there. Um, for Oakland, I have uh, Carr at a 17. That's below average. Martin at a 12. Um, none of the receivers doing anything. Maybe Seth Roberts I have at a, at a 10. That's not great. Uh, Jared Cook, I have it an eight. You know, they got to throw the ball somewhere, so I guess he can get it. He'll be the uh, the garbage disposal for all the, the wide receiver targets there. Um, okay, Brad, let's move it. We have Minnesota plus five and a half at New England. New England all day. That's it. Brady at home. Belichick at home. Boom. Yeah, uh, Belichick versus Kirk Cousins. Um, not one that inspires a lot of confidence in me. Uh, you know, Minnesota... They, um, I'm 0-2 in the last two weeks. I thought they were going to cover against Chicago, but um, Cousins basically threw too many picks there. Actually, Minnesota actually honestly should have covered that game against Chicago, but the Chicago defense just outplayed uh, Kirk Cousins there and won. Last week, I thought Green Bay was going to come out and play with a little bit more pride, um, and I was wrong there as well. Uh, so it goes. But uh, I'm with you, man. New England, again, Belichick versus Cousins. Um, I, I think, look, I like this Minnesota defense. I think they're playing a little bit tougher, but I think New England will come out, and I think this will be a touchdown game, so I will take New England. Now, uh, in terms of fantasy, let's see here. I think Cousins will score decently at a 24. I don't like either of the running backs here, Cook or Murray. Um, I do like both of the receivers, although I think Diggs has the better game. I think he outscores Thielen this week. I have Diggs at a 20, Thielen at a 17. 
And then uh, Rudolph could do well. I like the tight end matchup against the New England defense. Rudolph, I haven't been, I've been down on him all year, and I was down on him uh, prior to the season. I didn't think he would score as well in this new offensive system. I've turned out, you know, it turns out I was correct in that. But I do think Rudolph will score okay against this New England defense. Now, for uh, New England, I think Brady, you know, has an okay game. I have him around like a 19 to 20. Um, I think White scores better than Michelle this week at running back. Uh, White at 15, Michelle at 9. At uh, receiver, I like Edelman more. Uh, to me, this is a screen pass and stretch the middle of the field. Uh, take your your dink and dunk, uh, dink and dump, I should say. Um, you know, type opportunities for New England. I think they'll matriculate that ball down the field uh, with short passes. So I do like once again White and Edelman this week. Um, Gordon, I don't think will score as well. I have him at a seven, so that's not great. Uh, but I think Gronk, assuming he continues to be healthy, I have him at an eleven. I think he'll be able to get in the end zone for you this week. So we got two games left, Brad. We're on the Sunday night, at least for now. They might have flexed this out by now. I'm not sure, but uh, San Francisco plus ten at Seattle. Boy, did you guys see Russell Wilson pull it out again the other day? I know he's so phenomenal, dude. I and I. <laughs> I should hate him, and I and I I hate Seattle, and I hate their coach. Me but too. I really like Russell Wilson, man. I, I think he's. I don't. Super e- I don't unique. even like him, but he's such a good quarterback. I yeah, right. It's it's tough for me, also, man. He's so good. He never ever quits. He's never out of it. I I, I haven't seen anything like it. Uh, I think Seattle wins easy. I think they eat him for lunch. Uh, I know ten points is a lot, but I'm going to take Seattle at home to to drive this one home. Yeah, I'm going to take the points in this one. Um, you know, Seattle, the, the one vulnerability that has been consistent for them week to week um, has been the running game. And San Francisco and, and Shanahan, they can run the ball. Look, I think Seattle will win. I think they'll win comfortably. I think San Francisco may be a late cover here. Um, I have the game at 28 to 20, so I have Seattle minus 8. So I'll take it. Um, look, everybody out there listening, I'm not going to bet my personal money on this. I don't suggest you do either, but we make picks on this show, so that's what I'm going to go with. Um, San Francisco, I'll take that 10 point against Seattle. Um, Seattle doesn't score with, um, you know, electricity. You know, it's not like they're they're lighting up the scoreboard week to week. They play good football. They take care of the ball. They run the ball. And Russell Wilson does enough to win week to week, you know, more often than not. So to me, that's like a 28 to 20 type game. Again, Seattle wins comfortably. I don't think this game will ever be in doubt. But I do think San Francisco gets maybe that late cover. Uh, let's see. From a fantasy point of view, Stay away from quarterback in San Francisco, regardless of who plays. Um, Brita, I like this week. I think he is a play. I haven't projected a 14, but he can do better against the Seattle defense. Uh, at uh, receiver, you know, all of San Francisco's Garcon and Goodwin are both um, questionable. If, if neither one of those plays, I guess Pettis is your is your preferred wide receiver in San Francisco, but I say proceed with caution. And I think Kittle will do well. Um, I have him at a 10, which is lower than... Some of the other uh, projections that I made for him, but I think Kittle will do okay. Now for Seattle, I do think Russell Wilson will score well. I have him at a 21. I have Carson at a 12. I think they'll be able to move the ball, but they have a three-headed monster at running back there. Um, at receiver, I, at this point, I always pick Lockett and more over uh, Baldwin. Baldwin... At this point, it, it seems like he's just kind of getting older. It, you know, the, the Seattle passing game is more electric with Lockett and with uh, Moore. So to look over there, and that I don't really like any of these tight ends. But if you have to pick one, I would pick Dixon um, as a as a potential scorer this week, somebody to break the uh, the goal line. Okay, last one, Monday Night Football, Brad. Um, the Colt McCoy led Redskins plus six and a half at Philadelphia. Ooh, this is interesting. You know what? I don't see Philly blowing anybody away. I like Washington to compete. I'm going to take them to cover. 
Yeah, this is another one I don't feel great about. I mentioned last week that I don't think Colt McCoy um, takes much away from Washington uh, because I think Colt McCoy pushes the ball down the field more so he'll get more touchdowns, but he'll also turn the ball over more than Alex Smith. So I kind of think those are a wash. What I do think is you'll get higher scoring games. Um, Washington probably should have covered. They, they kind of got screwed by the officials. Um, I, you know, I don't think they were ever going to win that game. But uh, they certainly could have covered the spread, so that was kind of an annoying one to watch um, on the, on Monday Night Football. I hate when the officials take take money out of my pocket. So that was one of the games I got wrong. I think you might have too, Brad. Last week, I can't recall if if you picked Washington or not. But um, this week, I'm gonna go with Philadelphia um, because I can't really say it's more of a gut instinct than my projections. My projections are split. My analytics are split. I think this is an eight point game. Um, I think Philadelphia will will force some turnovers, and you know suddenly Philadelphia looks up and they see Washington at six and five. They see um, um, the the Cowboys at six and five, and Philadelphia is like, you know what? As bad as the season has gone for us so far, we're still in the thick of things. There's a lot of division games left. Like I think they they can still you know, win, they don't even have to win out. They can win a healthy percentage of games and, and still make the playoffs. So I think Philadelphia will come out. I don't think it's a, a complete dominant uh, domination by Philadelphia, but I do think they'll, they'll score. Okay. For you. I, I have this as a 24 to 16, so it's not a safe cover, um, but it's a barely cover. And I don't know. I'm not going to, I'm not going to wager my own money on it again. We're just making picks here. We're just making picks. So uh, let's see uh, in terms of fantasy McCoy, I have a 16. I have him struggling Adrian Peterson. I have a fort at a 14, but if, if Philadelphia goes up early, you know, Adrian Peterson's value decreases uh, significantly at wide receiver, you know, Washington's whole team is, is hurt too. If Crowder plays, I have him scoring. Well, if he doesn't play, I like this new guy Quinn that they have kind of running that slot receiver role. Um, Doxon is getting a lot of targets while Carotter is out. So he's somebody you want, might want to pay attention to. Uh, tight end, I think Reed scores well this week against Philadelphia. Now in Philly, I think Carson uh, Carson Wentz does well at a 20. Um, I don't like either one of these running backs. Washington's defense is tough there. At receiver, I have Jeffrey finally having a bounce back week at a 17. I think he's going to get in the end zone. Golden Tate, you got to pay attention to. He's getting a lot of targets. He's not getting a ton of yards. He's getting a lot of targets, though. I have him at an 8, but he could um, be somebody that breaks out this week. I like him as a daily fantasy sleeper, depending on budget. And then Ertz always eats up Washington. I mean, it's like clockwork. It's death tax. Taxes and Ertz eating up Washington. I think he'll uh, he'll get you a fifteen and a half. So there there you go. We're um, through all the games, but I'm looking back, Brad. I mean, what are your favorite games from the week? Um, I'll list a couple that I like. I like the Rams, even with that high point spread. Um, I actually like the Chicago game, assuming Trubisky plays. Uh, it, it's kind of a tougher week. I like this New Orleans against Dallas. Um, I like New Orleans. That's that's my favorite. I think that's that's as easy as it gets. Yeah, I like New England and Minnesota too. I like that one a lot um, from a cover point of view. But there are, yeah. there are a lot of tough calls here. I th- think um, yeah. you and I d- disagreed more than we we typically do. I mean, I would say in a typical week, maybe you know we we have have like twelve of the same games and disagree on about four this one i think it's it's actually pretty split i think we have like eight similar and eight disagreements so it'll be an interesting one to see how it pans out uh but brad and i you know we typically end up about the same i think we've been uh eight and six nine and five the last few weeks um you know after our big week so we've been consistently making money but hopefully this is the one that uh, one or both of us can break through all right i think that is a show uh brad you got anything else for the audience there Nope, go out and get paid. Get paid. Thanks, everyone.